0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show, streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app
1: and anytime
0: on demand, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Robin Taylor Zander, how you doing, Robin? How's it going? For having me. Well, now that you're here, it's going very well, pally. That's all I have to say. (laughs) You know what I mean? Very cool. Very cool guitars for legendary band Cheap Trick. Uh, the release of his debut album, The Distance. So I want to, Robin, I want to shut up, and I want to hear all about The Distance. Great, great news for all of us, I'm I'm sure.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm excited. It's my first record. Um, it's about 10 years' worth of uh, songwriting that I've kind of just stockpiled up on my computer and uh, just been listening to for too long, so I needed to get it out to the masses. So um, I had some time off a couple years ago, and, and uh, The Distance is what came out of it. Um, it's a record I did with uh, co-producer Kenny Siegel up in uh, New York, and I'm um, so excited for everyone to hear it.
1: That is a one. Wonder- so, basic. I got, I'm looking at your picture right now, Robin. What, what are you like, twelve, thirteen years old?
2: I'm thirty. <laughs> he goes, I'm thirty.
1: No, it's so great. I'm the, the, I just. <laughs> well, no, the reason I because the first band I was ever in, I was eleven. I do remember that. But I was a big 11, apparently. That was a whole deal. But, I mean, it's been your whole life, hasn't it, Robin? Obviously, uh, the family you come from and all the rest of it. Isn't it wonderful to succeed at something you've experienced your whole life and you've always wanted to succeed at?
2: Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I grew up around music. My dad's a musician. He's a touring musician, so he was gone a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was off of work, I'd, I'd go, you know, pack up a bag and, and go travel with Dad for a few months, you know, during the summers. So I always wanted to be a musician, um, watching watching him do it all this time. So, yeah, definitely gratifying, to say the least.
1: Not as wonderful. I remember one time you're... Uh, you're not, um, I was trying to think of how many... This is many, many years ago. Well, I suppose not many, many years ago, but probably five, six, seven years ago. We had a bunch of guys. It just happened, one of those deals, Robin, you, you ever go on tour and you happen to be in the same town as like two or three other big acts and you somehow... Either at a radio station or wherever it is, you run into one another. Have You ever experienced that?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I've been on tour in um, uh, many cities and uh, didn't realize that someone else was there. And I walk in the elevator, and there there they are. You know, <laughs> um, that that happens a lot, especially during the summer tours, because so many bands go out on the summers. You'll you'll overlap tours with other people that you're familiar with. So that, yeah, that happens all the time.
1: We love it. We, those of us in radio love when that happens because at one time, I was trying to think of who the third band was because it was your dad. It was, uh, it was uh, Gene Simmons came in. Oh, by the way, I've got to mention this, Robin. You ever met Gene Simmons? Yes, I have. I'm assuming you <laughs> have. Gene is a yeah. very tall, but he's a pretty you know broad-shouldered man, all the rest of it. And we're sitting there talking. We're kind of gathered in this one room, and he decides he's going to sit on the desk and what he didn't realize, it was one of those kind of desks that they attach right to the wall. So, in other words, it doesn't have any front legs, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. Didn't work out too well, Robin. Never, <laughs> never get watching Gene Simmons crash to the ground. That was quite the experience, but, you know.
2: Oh, man, I can't imagine. Did you? Uh, Sorry, I missed out on
1: that. Well, next time around. Robin, how old were you when you realized, <laughs> this This is what I want to do?
2: Oh, uh I sense as, as early as I can remember. Yeah, probably the first time I picked up a, a guitar um, uh, was probably when I realized that's what I wanted to do. I think also just watching my my dad do it for so long mm-hmm. as a kid. I just I just I was on the side of the stage basically, you know, mimicking what they were doing on stage. You know, since I was a baby, I I just loved it. I thought it was fun, and I I never really saw it as like my dad's job. I saw it as like a just something to get into, you know, that mm-hmm. I love to do. And I I got good at, when I was a kid, I've, I got good at a few instruments. I was able to play drums and guitar and bass and a little bit of piano and sing. So I kind of just put that all together. And over time, um, my interest just kind of grew from there.
1: It's a, I love this, uh, by the way, this, uh, this line that's in your... Uh the folder uh for the past 7 years robin taylor xander has been playing rhythm guitar in his father's band cheap trick during downtime from the road the younger xander quietly plugged away the songs for his debut album the distance which is out now uh you are going i'm i'm assuming you're coming are you going to come to town anytime soon robin
2: um i'm coming through um well on my own i'm not i don't have any dates that are are confirmed yet for my mm-hmm. my Solo release, but Cheap Trick is touring all across the country, um, up and through uh, until October this year. We're doing dates with uh, Rod Stewart. Um, we're doing dates um, all across. So yeah, we'll, we'll be coming to a town near you.
1: <laughs> oh, you got to come in. I mean, if you're if you're going to be in town, you should come in. I'd love to sit and talk to you face to face.
2: Oh all... yeah, That's sure. What... If I've got a day, if I got a day to do it, I'll do it.
1: Robin, honest to God, it, it, I think it does so much for people to to hear. I mean, Cheap Trick. How, how many years Cheap Cheap Trick been around now? It's it's been a hell of a long time. Um, Forty nine years. Honest to God, I didn't know it was that long, and it was long. Forty nine years, really, yep. Robin. 1974. God, that's see, that's a wonderful story. But to sit down in a in a studio on microphone with people like you or your father or whomever. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned Gene Simmons. All, to sit and listen to those stories, face to face with someone that's going out over the air, that's a that's a, a very interesting, thrilling moment. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we
2: do. Oh, we do for sure. Yeah, I, I enjoy uh, performing, and I always will. Uh, it's a lifelong addiction.
1: <laughs> no, I could understand that. I did not know. So they're they're telling me that you picked up your first guitar at four years old, really.
2: Yep, yep, that's what f- Oh, it was a ukulele, so. <laughs> of course it was. Not a full-on guitar, but yeah, <laughs> I started strumming away when I was about four or five years old, and um, that was the first thing I picked up.
1: So was it tiptoe through the tulips? Is that what it was?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. It was, um, I think I was actually, I mean, I grew up in Florida, so uh, we had a lot of ukuleles uh laying around the house and, uh, guitars and stuff. So that's where I picked
1: it up. So not exactly where, but wh- what, uh, where did you grow up, uh, generally in, in Florida? Uh, Tampa area. Oh yeah. Great area. That's a magnificent yeah. area. So you're, you're out, you're on the road, you got the distance coming out. I want to hear all about the distance. I know we only got a couple of minutes left, about three minutes left here and you got a very, very busy man. So I'd like to hear your own descriptor of the distance.
2: Um, So the distance of the record kind of was written over 10 years, and I used to live in Nashville for a number of years, and most of the songs came from that kind of time period from about 2015 up until uh, right before it got released. So um, it's basically just all my original material, 11 songs, and uh, you'll hear a lot of influence. You'll hear Cheap Trick in there a Mm -hmm. little bit. You'll hear... British Invasion kind of influences Beatles and the, the Stones and The Who, The Kinks. You'll hear a lot of um, those kind of sounds, British Invasion, 60s, 70s music. Um, but I recorded it in New York, and uh, I co-produced it with someone. Uh, his name's Kenny Siegel, and uh, he owns a recording studio that i worked in. And then uh, Jack Douglas, who um, worked with uh, Errol Smith and John Lennon and Cheap Trick, um, he mixed it and mastered it with Jay Messina, so um, we've uh, we put it out uh, April 21st, and uh, we're really excited for everyone to to hear it finally after all these years. And it's just exciting stuff, man! I can't wait for you to hear it and everyone else.
1: Oh, it's wonderful, and I know you got to go, but I just got to you know, very very quickly. I'm looking at the list of your influences, and I think this is very very important because people need to understand. Uh, your influences include the Beatles, Robert Johnson, Beck, Elliott Smith, the Rolling Stones, the Who, David Bowie, Jimi Hendrix, uh, you know, the Flaming Lips, T. Rex. I think it's very, very important for people to understand that because you're 30 years old, you don't go. Well, I don't really care who recorded, uh, you know, anything before 2005. I mean, you went all the way back. You no, went back
2: I've... many years. Oh yeah, I've. I mean, I lived off of my my parents' uh, record collection. And then from there, kind of just did my own research. But yeah, I, I listen to all sorts of stuff. I mean, those are just my direct influences, right, but I, I right. love all, all kinds of music. I'll, I'll listen to anything, you know, from jazz to classical to rock to pop and blues, everything, man.
1: You know, even though it's only been 53 years, I'm still pissed off at Jimi Hendrix for dying. I got to tell you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think guy. we all are. Oh, my God, what a supreme talent that man was. Robin, I cannot wait to have you in studio. Come sit down. We'll schmooze. I promise you'll have a good time. Robin Taylor Zander, ladies and gentlemen. The album's called The Distance. Cannot wait to hear it. And please come back soon, Robin. Great talking to you, sir.
2: Oh, Thanks. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thanks.
1: Bye. Robin Taylor. What a nice young man.
3: Yeah, he was great. Look at this
1: picture, though. He looks like he's about 15. I
3: know. I (laughs) know.
1: I'm I looked jealous. him up,
3: and I was like, oh, my God, you're a baby. He is a baby. But, no, it's cool, and he references all of his influences and what you know he's listening to and stuff. I think I think this would be right up your alley. It sounds like he really includes a lot. It'd be fun to hear it.
1: Were you there when Gene Simmons crashed through the top of that desk? Yeah, I was I thought it, you were. <laughs> I
3: it wasn't in the room, but I remember after you said that story, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember whose room that was. And then he talked about it forever because he's like, well, my desk is still ruined because of this guy. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Well, people might not
1: know this, but Gene Simmons is what, about 6'2", probably about yeah. 2.30?
3: He is, yeah. He's, he's a, a big he's, guy. He's a big guy. And it was so funny. He winked at every woman. Oh, yeah. I, he would have two seconds. You know, I'd be sitting there <clears throat> taking a picture or writing a note for we're doing our social media stuff at the time. And every so often, he'd pick a new girl. Our new girl, a new woman. No, let's
1: go with girl. Way to go! And
3: you're like, and he winked at me, and I was like, like Vuklem for a second. I was like, oh, and I was like, oh wait, no, I don't actually care.
1: (laughs) You know, it's been a long time now, but I used to get a call from him once in a while after that, because that was what about 15 years ago? Although
3: no, I don't think it was two
1: years ago. Was 20 years ago? So what is that? It wasn't (laughs)
3: that long ago, because wasn't no, it was it was because I I want to say it was I bet you seven years ago.
1: Yeah, that's probably about right. That is, yeah, that's probably about right. And so I used to get a call once in a while from Gene Simmons. He would just call me out of the blue. And you didn't even have to look at the number or see who was calling because it always started like this. You go, hello? Nothing. You go, hello? Yes, Tom. How are you doing today? You're on the phone with Gene Simmons. You're going to be on the phone for about three hours because he puts these huge pauses
4: between all his sentences. Oh, my God. I had the daunting task of having to edit a podcast that he was oh. on one time. Jesus Christ. Oh, my Christ. God. Oh, I celebrated three birthdays before I got that goddamn thing done. God,
3: I could not. It's true. I could not be married to him. Like, oh no. I would sit and go, no, we don't have time. We don't have. To, we can't live our lives like this. Oh,
4: <laughs> took forever and just and, and over enunciate things. Oh yeah, because I had meatballs. Meatballs. Right. Right. Oh, yep. oh my God, Tom, get on with it, please. Gene,
3: move on. Um, that's was, so
1: great. You had the exact same experience yes. that I did. It was forever.
3: Twenty seventeen. When he came in, when we met, when he came in that time—so
1: six years ago, yeah, yeah, or maybe hmm. even five and a half, five, yeah. whatever. It was that was quite the experience because Cheap Trick was there and they, they, you know, Kiss was there and I, there were a couple other bands there too. I can't remember who else was there, but that that was that was a hell of a, a period back then. But it's so great that you had the exact same experience with Gene Simmons. Jesus, I. Wanted to call. <laughs>
3: See? I would yes. end my life. Yeah. My ADHD could never. So could wonderful. never.
1: <laughs> Great guy, though. He's a very nice person. You, you're a pleasant, yeah. pleasant
3: mm-hmm. guy. He was, we had no complaints. He was lovely. I know people that were very, very, very excited about him coming and He gave them time and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, he definitely – I don't know if, if – I have a feeling he still slays. I think he's still yeah. very much so a ladies' man because the winking man. I was just like – Weirded out, or I'm like, me? Winking out. Oh, okay. Like, what do I do? Am I supposed to <laughs> wink back? Mm-hmm. Or, like, uh, okay.
1: Well, Brittany.
3: No, no, you, no.
1: You must understand I am the head of Cheap Trick. No, wait a minute. It's Kiss. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> I mean, okay. I whatever. I forgot
3: right. my band's <laughs> name. I would never. I could never. Like, that would end me. I. I, talking to a slow talker and having yeah. to, I mean, my, I twitch. I go, how? how? First,
1: I know. First time I ever met Gene Simmons. The old Highway 12, which is now 394. The old Lincoln Dell that used to be on the corner there. You remember when the Lincoln Dell was right there just west of Highway 100?
3: I mean, I know because you've explained it, but I definitely was oh, not around yeah. well, for Lincoln true. Dell.
1: Do you remember that at all? I don't. No, you were living up north then. I'm mm-hmm. sure not. But I'm sitting at the old Lincolndale that used to be on Highway 12, which is now 394. I'm having lunch with Gene Simmons and Sid Hartman. <laughs> wow.
5: There's oh a combo my for Oh,
3: God. You.
1: you should have been there. That was a hell of a conversation. Yeah. I'm not kidding, because it literally was, well, Sidney, what is it that you do? Let me just tell you something. I was down last week. I was talking to a guy. It was the – I just sat back and watched.
3: Of course. I
1: just sat back and watched the whole thing. You
3: are the viewer at that point. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God, what an experience that was.
1: It was wonderful. It really was.
3: How long was that lunch?
1: About three hours.
3: I believe it.
1: They had some of the best matzo ball soup you've ever had in your entire life.
3: Why do we keep fantastic. talking about food today? Well, we
1: can go to the Crossroads. They have fantastic matzo ball soup at Crossroads. Right. I love that place. Well, c- that's kind of on your way home. I agree. If you go down Hopkins Crossroad, it's right there. <laughs> well, it is. That's it, what is. it is. I mean, uh, let me just tell you something. Uh, Brittany Artisan. What's the name now? It's <laughs> a different one.
3: Oh, 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 Hagen different Artisan.
1: name. Hagen something.
3: Different name every week.
1: But watching Sid Hartman arguing with Gene Simmons, because they didn't agree on anything. They didn't? No, no, they agreed. It wasn't hostile. No. It's just, well, I didn't see it quite the same way. I mean, that's why we were there for three hours, (sighs) Mm because it took an hour to get out one sentence, for Christ's sake.
3: That would... How do you get out of a conversation? Like, the thing is, too, when I talk to really slow talkers and they're saying something I, I know, I try to finish the sentence for them, which is very rude. They'll be like... Make sure when you edit this, yep, edit it. Make sure I put the, the tail end in the front end, tail end in the front end. And you try to finish it, and they're like, no, no, no. I need to say it in my own voice. It's like I die inside.
1: I know we got to take a break here, but I want to close with a Sid Hartman story that I think I've told you guys before, but I'm not sure. Um, one time Sid calls me to come over. He he used to have a place over on St. Croix. Mm-hmm. So I went over there, and there's an ice cream shop there by the ski lifts and on the ski hills and all that. Uh, okay. I can't remember the name of the, the ice cream shop. <clears throat> but we went over there because uh, Bernard, you want to get some ice cream? Uh, we go over there. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Sounds good, Sid. So we're sitting there and we're, we're eating our, our... Because Sid and I grew up in the same neighborhood. He was a little earlier than me, obviously, by 35 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we grew up in the exact same neighborhood. Uh, and Sidney, I don't know if people know this or not, but had a real problem. His father... Uh, was an embarrassment to him because he was a Jewish man who drank a lot. Mm. And that's, that's not really – they don't give that a big hug in some communities, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But Sid's talking to me about this, that, and the other thing, and then we go on to start talking about his mother and how much he adored his mother,
3: mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
1: This is Sid Hartman now, right? Yeah. So he's eating his ice cream cone. He's talking to me about his mother. And then all of a sudden he turns his head to the left and he's licking his ice cream cone – And he turned around, and tears are streaming down his face. This is Sid Hartman now. So if people think he was insensitive, you're an asshole, because he was not. Turned around and looked at me, tears running down his face, and he said, "Uh, I wish my mama had never died.
3: Oh, my God. God. (laughs) Don't do that to me. Oh, my God. It was so
1: sweet. God, it was sweet. So sit that aside to him. If you knew him, he could be a very, very sweet, caring man. You know.
3: I mean, is that... I would assume people know that, right? Like even monsters don't. have their, you know what I mean? Like everybody has their people, right? I you assume so. Yeah. I would
1: yeah. as- I hope so. One could only hope. We'll take a break here, be right back in a couple of minutes. Ah, corridors fill backing. Mm. We'll join us right after this.
0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live at tombernardshow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. This is Bob Sansevier, and
6: I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkeLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com.
0: The new Tom Bernard Morning Show is proud to have partners like North American Banking Company, Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and attorney and advertiser Dave Bialke. I've been advertising on Tom Bernard shows for years. I like Tom, not just because he's a good guy, but because the ads I run
6: on his show bring me new clients that are hurt at work and need legal help. Tommy B works for me.
0: Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com keyword partner. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast.
1: We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and now we bring back from last Friday, the power trio, Kent Herbeck, Jay Moore, and, of course, Phil Mackey. Yes,
5: three three mega superstars, mega super- historically, in the sports <laughs> and entertainment realm. Yes. Wasn't that a ball? God, that was fun. <laughs> man, yeah, Jay Moore, man. So he's in—there's in, so many things. I mean, you guys had him in studio for the whole mm-hmm. hour, but— He's now engaged to Genie Buss, the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Think about from going from being um, what was his character in Jerry Maguire, uh, Sugar, Sh- Bob Sugar. Mm-hmm.
1: Bob Sugar. Going from
5: from playing Bob Sugar thirty years ago to being engaged to the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, she no.
1: doesn't have any money though. No, no probably, not at all. No, no.
5: Jay told this story one time
4: where, she's, where he said, uh, I got engaged to Jeannie Buss, and she said, listen, I might be a billionaire, but you're not. Oh, yeah. there you so go. there is the reason why there. I'm hanging at the mall
3: and doing comedy. Guys, mm. And I know this is, like, bad to, like, add on, but she's, like, the, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Like, gorgeous. Well, good yeah.
5: for him. Well, she, she was with Phil Jackson for, like, 10 or 15 years, it's right?
4: 16
3: years altogether.
5: Really? We looked Was it up.
4: It? Yeah, 16 years, yeah.
5: Yeah, but then you get to a point, there's got to be like a 15 or 20, well, there. I, there's probably a 15 or 20 year age difference, but they look like they're 30 years apart, Jeannie Bus and, and Phil Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. You just kind of get to a point where yeah. you're like, all right, Phil's yeah. like 82, and uh, I still have some prime years left, so she she finds Jay Moore. By the way, you guys were telling Sid Hartman stories. Yes, sir. Um, so I feel like everyone has 1,500 different, like, Sid Hartman stories that probably. they could rattle mm-hmm. through. I remember the, the first, so I, I, I've known, I mean, tragically, you know, Sid, well, not tragically, he lived 100 years. Mm-hmm. So Sid lived a good life. So I probably yeah. don't need to use the word tragically. But um, I probably knew him for about 20 years toward the end as a young media member and being in press boxes sure. and whatnot. But the first time I ever remember encountering Sid and I feel like everyone has a story like this too. I was driving, this has got to be probably 20, 20 years ago or so, and I'm driving down 55 and I'm at the left turn lane of the Winnetka intersection and it's, uh, and you're waiting for the, for the green arrow. So I'm in the front of the mm-hmm. line, ready to turn left, turning left from 55 onto Winnetka <laughs> and I get, I get the green arrow and i start Uh-oh. i start so again it's a green arrow it's not a green light i have the right away it's a green yes. arrow nobody else should be so i take my left and barreling in not even stopping from the other Ooh. side barreling into the lane and turning and i slam on the brakes in the middle of the intersection as this big black cadillac oh yeah tur- you know, turns right coming from the other side and i'm just like you know I have, like, uh, like diet road rage. I'm not going to actually do anything, but I definitely want to drive up and, like, look and right. see, you know, which my wife says, you need to stop doing that. Someone's going to pull a sawed-off shotgun out, and you're going to be done. But, but I, I'm like, i gotta, I got to see who cut me off, who's in this black Cadillac. And I drive up, I look over, and it's, you know, 82-year-old Sid
1: Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> not a shock. Not a shock happened to Catherine the first time she ever met Sid. We went to a gopher basketball game together, Sid, Catherine, and me. And he picked us up. Uh, you ever see the back of Sid's car, the back seat of Sid's car? It I don't think so. It was folders and papers from the seat to the ceiling. You could not get in the back seat of his car, there was no room, right? Yeah. So I get in, and then Catherine's sitting on my lap in the front seat. And then Sid pulls one. He said, "Well, we got to get over there. We're going to be late. I'll just take a left here, against a one way." He takes a left. And I said, "Sid, what are you doing?" He goes, "I do whatever I want." Yes, he just <laughs> literally thought, "I'll do he whatever had the, I want." This the Sid rules
5: the Sid rules. Yeah, but he did. but then, like you said, he would. He had this soft, kind side to him. He did. And I remember so the first real big break i got in the industry was when when the hubbards said hey a 24 year old punk kid sports guy do you want to do a daily talk show with patrick Roycey?" there you go we're looking to get a little younger we're going to bring in tom pellicero phil Mackey, get you uh, bring you guys in with the joe sutres and the patrick royces and of course it took me about a half a second to say (laughs) ah yes i would (laughs) works that seems like a what's the catch right were
1: you a newspaper guy at the time
5: uh, I was a dot oh, com writer. Oh, so, dot com writer. Okay, there you go. I was I was I I wrote I covered the Vikings and the Twins for for KFAN.com and then did weekend oh, radio okay. shows. This is from like 2005 through 2010. And so I think we were probably a couple years into the to the Roycey and Mackey show. And if you've ever been in the Twins press box when Sid's doing his thing, oh, he's yeah. I and mean, he's it's like a roast of everyone <laughs> in the press box. No one is safe. The the opposing team PR people, he's just, yep. you know, and he's always got that that uh, shit eating grin on his face. Yep. Just. And so he's going he's he's going through literally roasting everyone. He always had a Mister something nickname. You know, Mister it's Mister oh, so and so, <laughs> Mister so and so. He used to call me Mister Stats because I was the the statistical writer guy. Sure. But he's just roasting everyone, and I and and he's coming down the line, and I'm not really sure. Like, even though I've been in press boxes with him at that point for several years, I wasn't sure if he actually knew who I was or if he just called me Mister Stats. But he, he like, breaks character. He comes right up to me, just face-to-face. He breaks character, and he goes, Hey, I just want to tell you, you do a hell of a job on that radio oh, program gee. with Patrick. <clears throat> there you go. No one else heard it. It was just, he just came right up fairly quietly and said, Hey. And I'm like, Hey, what? Oh, my God, he's going to roast me. You do a hell of a job on that radio show with Patrick. Keep up the good work. And he, <laughs> and he taps the... Taps the counter twice and moves on his way. So
4: and like, you drive wow. like a maniac. Yeah, and you <laughs> drive like a maniac. You almost
5: killed parts. me on 55. <laughs> you, you,
4: know
5: what's so great?
1: you know what's so great about that story is if you ever had – had you were lucky enough to work with Sid or meet Sid or got to know Sid, as, you know, whatever, and you didn't know Chad, they're nothing alike. Not yeah. one no. thing do they have in common. Isn't that yeah. weird? Ch-
5: so Chad, I used to intern for Chad back, oh, okay. you know, as a nineteen, twenty-year-old, and uh, I, I love. I mean, Chad. So Chad and I are both big. I wouldn't even say closet. We're just out in the open professional wrestling fan nerds oh, yeah, too. Yeah. So he was he was great for the early part of my career. But they aren't. Yeah, Chad is Chad is much more
1: just sort of mild, and maybe he observed <laughs>
5: some well, things too.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a possibility. I love Chad. Chad's one of my favorite people in the world. Very too, very man. smart man. Very yeah, smart too. guy. But can you imagine growing up under the umbrella of Sid Hartman? Boy, yeah. a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, it think. would be... I mean, think about that in any
5: industry, right? Like, I don't know if you guys saw over the weekend, uh, LeBron James' son announced he's going to go play college basketball at USC. So he's going to go play for a year. Bronny James is his name. Yeah. Yep. Can you imagine growing up in the shadow? So, all right, uh, well, here's your basketball career about to start. Your dad is LeBron James.
1: <laughs> See, I didn't have to and worry so, about that thing, Phil. I didn't have to worry. Your dad's Bob Bernard, you know, who gives a rat's ass. Good.
5: <laughs> Good for you. Yes, yeah, so you can carve your carve your own path. And so now I think I think Bronny is ranked. He's yeah, they have all these, you know, prospect rankings. He's like the 10th best. He's projected to be maybe the 10th draft pick in uh in a couple of years and people are like, "Ooh, why isn't he uh why isn't he better than that?" He's he's one of the 10 best young basketball players in the world, but he's not LeBron James. <laughs> well, that's Can he be? Do you think? Does he have the talent to be? Uh, I haven't. I honestly haven't. I think he's he's probably going to be like a good role player or something in the NBA. But uh, Michael Jordan's I don't think Michael Jordan's kids ever made it to no. Like they never played basketball at that level. Although isn't Michael Jordan's son dating Scottie Pippen's ex-wife? Did you guys
3: see this? Yeah, of course I have because it's Real Housewives of Miami and her name is Larsa Pippen and he came to the reunion. And she said they have sex three times a night, which is oh, Lord, so right. insane. Uh-huh.
5: Michael True. Jordan's son Correct. is having sex three times a night yep. with Scotty Pippen's ex-wife. Correct. you believe I just that? just want to clarify that.
3: Nobody's having sex three times a night. No. Nobody.
5: No. no. That's aggressive. That's well, how old, <laughs> how old is the, what's the age True. difference? True.
3: Um, I don't know. I looked it up once, and then she clarified that, she didn't know him as a kid very well. So it's not that weird.
5: Oh, that makes it not. weird. Yeah. So you're
3: welcome. Yeah. It's not that weird
5: <laughs> because I didn't know you when you were nine. Uh, it's we met as adults. It would be weird, though. Can you imagine if she if she was around, you know, family I cookouts know. at the Jordans, and oh look, it's little uh, eight year old uh, what's his name, and Six, now they're together 16, having yeah. sex three times gap. a night, apparently.
4: I was going to say, to be fair, Scottie Pippen probably married young. You know, he married a girl who was young.
3: Yeah, because it's yeah. only a sixteen yeah. year age gap, which is oh
5: okay, that's okay. not
3: bad at all. Oh. But it's we- the dynamics weird. are weird. Can we acknowledge? That's weird.
5: <laughs> yeah, it seems like revenge or something. For you know, it almost feels <laughs> like. Yeah. It, like something Michael Jordan would do on purpose. You know, Scotty Pippen said some bad things about me in that, uh, that documentary from three years ago. Let's deploy <laughs> one of my kids to his ex-wife.
3: <laughs> well, and Larsa is the queen of petty, so I wouldn't put it past her either.
1: Wow. Oh, you know this woman?
3: Not, I mean, because of Real Housewives, I've no. never met. Oh, it's
1: on, that's right. You no. said she's on Real Housewives. I,
3: I, if I knew Larsa Pippen, oh my God. I'm going to be honest
1: with you. I'm not going with the name Larsa Pippen. It ain't happening.
3: Well, she is a not getting rid of that last name. Well, oh, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Probably should at this Yeah, Yeah,
1: wait. If they get married, does she take,
5: does, does this come full circle and she takes the Jordan last name?
3: What if she was Larsa Pippin Jordan?
5: Oh, the hyphen. Yes.
3: OMG. <laughs> they need to reproduce.
5: Mm-hmm. Tom, you need to get into the real housewives. Pick, you got to
1: just pick yeah. one of the
5: cities. Yeah. Maybe whether it's Miami, Beverly Hills, Utah got pretty dramatic there for a couple of years, too.
1: So, but how did they get yeah. dramatic? Something interesting. Well, one of them got arrested.
5: One of them got arrested for like I can't remember what the felony was, but live on the not live, but like they were they were able to take a bus trip on some weekend. I don't know. Listen uh, to me right now, breaking Phil?
3: down. Uh, my yeah. my You've wife never been and so I attractive to me in your whole life. I have to say, I you're verging on the on hot right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was a big Jen Shah was supposed to go on this bus trip, and they uh, the, the FBI swarmed the bus. And just minutes earlier, she got the call to leave, so she you know got out of there on air. This all happened, which was yeah. wild. Why and,
1: did the FBI swarm their bus?
3: Oh, because she well, ended the up crime.
5: She's well, like when sh- it's more like a pyramid scheme, like oh. through some marketing, some like fake marketing company or something that she ran.
3: It was that was, she ended up scamming thousands of elderly people. She had a, oh. a yeah, she had one of those like telemarketing where she would sell the lead and tell, sell vulnerable adults information.
1: I have a question for you. So they picked this woman who did that to star on a TV show?
3: Well, they didn't know. Nobody knew. You know, oh, she, so nobody knew
1: she was doing that. Nobody knew it. she oh, was doing okay. that,
3: yeah. And then she's serving time currently.
1: Really? Yeah,
3: like big Whoa. time. Like I think she's doing almost 20 years in federal prison. So what's, wow. her,
1: what's her name? Now, what do they call her now, Phil? A, a young woman in prison. What's the name? And it's real, Ooh. by the way. I'm not making this up. I heard this by visiting my friends in prison. Mm. <laughs> of course. I do. I, I don't grew up know. a lot of guys that went to prison. I just happened that way. Or Actually, my, my dad had a friend who we visited
5: in jail when I was a kid, too, so I, I can't laugh at you.
1: What's the name of a woman in prison? Huh? Anybody know? Anybody know? No. You ready? Caged Heat.
4: Ooh. <laughs> I've seen that movie. Heat.
5: Yeah,
1: there's a
4: movie called Caged Heat. I've seen that movie. You're right. Mm.
1: That, there is a movie named mm-hmm. Caged Heat. <laughs> but that's what So they you so them.
5: you had you've you visited because i always i've always kind of kept that quiet that so one of my dad my dad was a oh, you guys were talking about alcoholism on uh on friday my dad was the first half of his he lived 80 years the first half of his life were just a complete disaster blur mm. some homeless years in there and oh. then he got right got oh. sober for the last 40 years but you know because and he made some good friends who also got clean right. and sober right. and one of them we would go we would go visit it was a it was like a minimum to medium security prison somewhere in the middle of Wisconsin. But he would take me to go visit Kurt. And My mom was always, they were divorced. My mom was a, oh. l- a little mortified, like, wait, you're taking <laughs> Philip where for a weekend trip? Yeah. And uh, I always thought, I'm going to keep that one quiet, that I, we would go
1: five times a year to visit one of my dad's best friends wow. in jail. But, yeah. So, you know, this is a great example, Phil, why they can't keep going with this, well, we all grew up the same and we're all... This. No, we're not. We had t- completely different experiences and we're not the same kind of people. They got to get away from this. Well, you need to do it like everyone else. Well, it's not going to work because... And I didn't know. I thought my life was like everybody else's when I was a kid, right? You, That's what you think. It's like everybody... like. I've known people that... Several people that went to prison, and I would go visit them. I know a few people who got murdered. I knew even more people who murdered somebody. I mean, it's just where I grew up. But yeah. you think, because you're a young person, you think this is how everybody grows up, right?
5: Of yeah, course. although I think every kid should spend uh, you know, at least one or two long weekends around jail. You oh, know,
1: yeah. Really, <laughs> oh, yeah.
5: It grizzles you. It grizzles you.
1: I won't say her name, but she was the head guard when I used up to Stillwater water and visit a friend of mine. And whenever you see a guy walking down the the hallway with one of their pockets hanging out or both of their pockets hanging out, that's a gang symbol. You're in this gang or that gang. The left pocket's one, the right pocket's another. Both pockets is a third gang. And this woman who was the the, the head guard, and like I said, I won't say her name, she was a huge listener to the KQ morning show. That's the one thing, all the guards up there listened to KQ. Every one of them listened to that morning show, which is hilarious. But she was about probably five, four maybe five five not a big woman get your goddamn hands out of your pocket she went after those guys like it was wonderful to watch man it was so cool to watch her go after those inmates it was fun that
5: feels like a like a curb your enthusiasm episode waiting to begin (laughs) like like tom walks in and you know he, he pulled his wallet out of his left pocket and the pockets hanging out and all of a sudden he gets approached by five other
1: inmates
4: I'm not a Crip. I'm not a Crip. Well, that's <laughs> it. I'm not
1: a well, crib. That's, it.
4: Not
5: a
1: crib, that's a crib. exactly it. <laughs> that's exactly right. I know you got to go in one minute, so i got to close. My favorite story, I have a friend named Dale who was a guard at Stillwater Prison. I knew a lot of guards, too, by the way, because they, they all lift, lifted weights. We all lifted weights together. It was like football players, wrestlers, guards at the prison, and me. That yeah, was, it was that kind <laughs> of
5: deal, Tom, right? Tom's just like wearing the bar, his legs are oh, kicking. Oh, those guys
1: are so damn strong. But um, Dale was a very big, very strong man, great guy. And they used to test the equipment on him. Like he got tased. He was one of the first people to ever get tased just to see if it would work on a guy that big and muscular, right? My favorite was, though, they had a new rubber ball cannon that came out. You know, those they shoot rubber balls instead of bullets. Uh, still... They came out with a new one. They said, well, Dale, would you get up against the wall? Would you want to test this on you and see? He goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, we just want to shoot you with the rubber ball cannon and then see how it works. Because if it works on you, it'll work on anybody, which is true, right? He goes, nah, wait a second. He says, why don't we do this? I'm going to stand to the side and you shoot it at the wall because I just want to see how fast it's moving. And if you miss and hit me right in the crotch or something, I want to know and blah, blah, blah. Apparently, he stepped aside. They shot the wall and put a big hole in the wall. And he goes, Oh my God. Ain't happening. You're not shooting me with that cannon. That's all there is to it. He may not have uh, <laughs> lived to see another shift at work. How'd it would have hurt. I can guarantee you that. It would have <laughs> hurt. Apparently, it, it literally could knock people out because of the pain. Oh my God. That's what I heard anyway. Why yeah. do you have to go so early? It's too early for you to leave. Well, we didn't even talk twins. You know, the
5: twins—they uh, they, lose for that, Phil. <laughs> they, they lose back-to-back series, but they're still in first place. Yep. They're two and a half games up on the Guardians, and uh, and and life is good. They're the only team above 500 in the division. Yes,
1: they are, and they—I don't think they'd be in first place in any other division. No, they wouldn't. In fact, uh, the yep. Yankees are in last
5: place in the American League East, and they have—let's see here—I think they're the Twins are one game up on the Yankees. <laughs> And they're in last. place. And the Yankees are in last place in the American League. <laughs> so it, hey, here, cheers to a crappy division.
1: It no apologies. My, well, no, you're right, and hopefully we'll adjust and all the rest of it. But the, that six game series was horrendous. I mean, it was just it was bad. Right. Well, they can't hit. No, they can't. That's the problem. That's
5: true. They they have one of the two or three best pitching staffs in baseball, but yes. they just you know, I mean, they they almost got no hit yesterday. It's so a bunch of wet roll up newspapers that have replaced the bats, apparently. Yeah, one hit, right? One goddamn hit, as Bob Eucher would say.
1: Uh, was it Kirilov? <laughs> yes, Kirilov broke up the no-hitter. That's exactly what I thought. I watched the damn game. I sat through that whole nine innings of suffering, <laughs> watching my team just come apart at the seams, because Cleveland didn't do a damn thing after the first inning either. No. Well, like, they didn't Hair. need to.
5: That's the thing. You score no, a run in the first true. inning
1: against the Twins. You just kick your feet up. <laughs> just relax. Hang out for three hours. All right, Palomino, uh, by the way, it was great to have you on the air t- with Jay Moore and Ken Herbeck. And the three of you, that was a great bit of radio, man, or podcasting, I guess, at this point. Yeah, younger Phil Mackey keeps needing to be uh,
5: pinched with some of these, <laughs> some of these guests. Man. <laughs> you're going to hang out with Bob Sugar and Ken Herbeck. Okay. There you go.
4: Remind me tomorrow, uh, Mackey, that we got to sit down and chat about the Hall of Very Good.
5: Not oh, the, not that's a one, of my, actually one of my favorite it, topics. Do you, know yes. it, do you know what it is? No.
4: Do you, Mackie, do you know what it is? The Hall of Very Are you Good? Are talking about
5: like, like, like baseball player Hall of Very Good or something different?
4: Yeah, so that was the thing that Jay Moore wanted to play all weekend at House of Comedy in the green room was <laughs> we all had to come up with people that, you know, aren't in, were good but not in the Hall of Fame and you had to build a team around mm-hmm. it. So yeah. you were naming guys like Moises Alou, you were naming oh, guys sure. like David Justice, And man, I couldn't keep up because it was him and my brother-in-law, and they're just like sports aficionados. Just, I mean, just rattling off guys I've never even heard of.
5: Moise Salou, one of my favorite players in the '90s, because I don't know if you guys knew this. In order to build calluses on his hands, he would piss on his hands.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's very common.
5: Yeah, I don't know why. That's how how I get the
1: that's how I get the calluses hardened on my hands too. How did, why did they think Between that would segments. work? Because a lot of weightlifters do that. They piss on their hands. <laughs> what? what, what? They, oh yeah, they do. Because they think for some reason it does toughen your hands up. Uh. I guess. I don't. I don't know how they, it would do that.
3: Can't you just let that happen accidentally? Anyways.
1: <laughs> it yeah. in your, your, own your guys's
3: like situation.
1: <laughs> I accidentally peed on my own hand. Damn it. <laughs>
3: Doesn't that happen? I assume that happens all the time with you guys.
1: <laughs> I suppose. But Phil, it's great having you on the show as always. It was wonderful <laughs> to have you on on Friday, and we'll talk to you again this Friday. We'll see you Friday. Yep. Thanks, Phil Mackey, ladies and gentlemen, Score North Phil Mackey. I really like working with both of those guys. Very, very nice people.
3: That was impressive when he spit out his real housewife knowledge. Mm-hmm. That was impressive.
1: He, uh, so the two of you and he the three three out of four watch real housewives. Yeah. Is that correct?
3: I, I thought I had to do it for all of us because I don't want you to do it. I have to, I want to step up and be that person Well, you for don't have us. to worry
1: about it. I ain't going anywhere near it. I so know. I, I'm good to go.
3: So um, he it did feel like a little bit like he was treading on my territory. Like I don't go <laughs> watching the twins and saying things for him. But Okay. Yeah.
1: So what I can't remember his report. What did he report on again? I forgot.
3: Jen Shaw. Oh, Jen Shaw. Real Housewives right. of right. Utah, uh, Utah. Oh, speaking of peeing, I sent you a speaking story.
1: Speaking of peeing.
3: <laughs> Because we're talking about peeing, I sent you that story about a guy who was there to at somebody's house to do the pest control. Yeah, and he ended up peeing on their couch.
1: Oh, I saw I saw that headline, but I did not. Is it under news stories?
3: It's yeah, it's in. Yep.
1: Okay, Guardian. Oh, there you go. Yep, there it is, right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I got to believe is the guy still alive?
3: Yeah, he's still alive.
1: You pee on my couch when my family's around. I'm t- gonna be real happy about <laughs> it's, that. It's
4: a very antiquated way to get rid of fleas. <laughs> yeah, apparently,
1: yeah. Jesus. It's just like,
3: did you ever think you'd have to say that sentence? If you pee on my couch, well, yes, I'm yeah. coming never, for you. I
1: never did. I, you know, pest control worker caught urinating in the local family's living room. Police say, so of course, this commercial had to pop up. So I got to get rid of that. Uh, Cambria, Colorado. I didn't know where's Cambria, Colorado. Mm, Oh, no, excuse me, it's Cambria County, Pennsylvania. That's what it was. Cambria County, Pennsylvania. WJAC, you're listening to the Jack. What do you think? The Jack. Do they call it the Jack? (laughs) Sure, I imagine. A local pest control worker has been charged after police say he was caught on camera urinating inside a Cambria County family's living room. Authorities with the Hastings Borough Police Department have filed charges against the owner of Young's Pest Control. He's 67 years old. Roger Young. A 67-year-old guy peed on your couch for Christ's sake. I, th- I assumed the guy was going to be like 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I thought he'd be very young. He's 67 for Christ's sake. This
3: is about uh, 50 miles east of Pittsburgh.
1: Oh, there you go. It's all over on the west side. There you go. You know, you ever spend any time in Pennsylvania? Mm Mm-mm. Did you ever? No. Never have? I don't know where the dividing line is, but East Pennsylvania and West Pennsylvania are two completely different countries, for Christ. I
3: don't know Mm. what age I was to realize that Pittsburgh and Philadelphia were in the same state. Well,
1: it happens. Because yeah. you know what I mean? They
3: seem so different when you hear oh, about them. Oh, they're really different. Yeah.
1: Wildly.
4: Yeah, I stayed one night in Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, that's, okay. the, that's the closest I've ever come to it, so.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's so weird because you're from Philadelphia, you're from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And that's, I, I don't think either side, that's not a bad thing. No. It's just they're completely different kinds of people.
3: They feel different.
1: No question about it. I still my favorite Philadelphia story of all times. So I went to my buddy Fitz's daughter's wedding in in, Pen- in uh in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. right? In Philadelphia. Okay. And I'm walking past this, this little kind of fenced in park area to the church. And there was a cop leaning up against the fence. It was a female cop. She's leaning up against the fence of the park. And I walk by and I look over and I go, Beautiful day, officer. And she looks at me and goes, Yeah, whatever. <laughs>
3: Oh, 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 pardon me My bad
1: Pardon me that I think it's a beautiful day I'll never do it again
3: sounds like me in the morning
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, that is you in the morning Jesus, you don't go around here in the morning, do you? No,
3: that's why I have a separate
1: room Oh, God, I have a separate
3: room As if you're so talkative (laughs) in the morning either
1: Both of you I I honestly gotta come in here and it's like Is there anybody here? And Tom wants us to
3: entertain him in the morning He's Mm -hmm. like
1: Come on, tell me a joke, let's go You got. You both got your crab claws out when I walk in. It's really a thrill. No question about it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's something to do from now on. Hey, good morning, Tom. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Paradise>. <laughs> That'll be it from now on. Paradise. Okay, back to the piss boy here oh, yeah, for a sorry. second. Uh, 67-year-old Roger Young, after he allegedly admitted to the incident, which uh, he got arrested, which police say was caught on the family's home surveillance camera, police said, uh, I still don't understand... Does everybody have now indoor and outdoor surveillance cameras?
3: I think mo- I think a lot of people have indoor. Do they know? My, you know, uh, we don't. I hate that feeling of no, it. No, I
1: don't. I don't like that either.
3: Um, but uh, I don't like even that. We have like the baby cam to watch her. Sure. Even you have moments where you're like, and I check in on Justin and talk to him through it and stuff. But like, it feels weird. It feels weird. But I get, I get that people, especially if you have an older person in your home, it's probably best to be able to ch- go check on them.
1: So. Andy's going to be in right toward the end of the show now because we're going to start the family podcast now at 10.15. We're not going to wait an hour because we just sat around for an hour and it was a pain in the ass So we're going to have him back to back. So when Andy comes in, I want you to tell him you heard the story about when he was, I guess, about 18 months, 19 months old. I walk in. And there was turds wiped all over the back wall. Oh, so you knew this story.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hunting. The story you've told me stuck with me forever because prior to me having kids, you told me a story about a child (laughs) smearing poop on the wall.
4: Until kids, Brittany was the only one that smeared poop on the wall. Yeah, until that.
3: That was my move.
1: But honestly, God, I walk in, he has poop smeared all over the wall just above his crib, okay? Yeah. And I walk in and I look at it. And I look at him. I have not said a word yet, haven't made a face or anything. And 18, 19, 20-month-old Andy looks up at me and goes, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's
1: like, oh, okay. It's, uh, whatever.
3: And that's so funny, too, because me and Justin even talked last night. Our, yeah, well, last night. What age do we have to start not swearing around our kid? Yeah
1: yeah you have to. And
3: Justin's like if it's up to, if it's gonna be you know up to you this baby's gonna come out the first word she says is going to be I was like all right we, I get it I get what you're saying. <laughs> message received.
1: Uh, we do have to take a break here we'll come right back some uh, a lot of interesting news coming up next ladies and gentlemen right after this.
0: This is the Tom Bernard morning show. Hi,
6: I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. If you've been hurt in a car collision, it's traumatic enough. You don't need to waste time and energy on the legal stuff. Think of us as a partner who will guide you through the process. First off, you need to recover. But part of that is getting the compensation you deserve. At Brad Shawn Bryant, we'll work hard so you can get the rest you need during the trying months after a personal injury. At Brad Shawn Bryant, we understand how important it is to make our clients comfortable. So we build each client relationship on the pillars of honesty and transparency. Don't miss out on what's rightfully yours. We'll go to bat for you. For your free case consultation, please visit minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's minnesotapersonalinjury.com. I'm Mike Bryant, and I hope you're never injured in a collision. But if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to Bradshaw Bryant.
3: Find Bradshaw Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike
2: Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bryant.
1: As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton. It's called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll receive a set for as low as $29.98. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, my pillow towel sheets and so much more call 800-516-5146 use promo code tom or go to mypillow.com make sure you use the promo code tom
0: this is the tom bernard morning show podcast
1: Brittany and i just noticed. well Brittany noticed and i noticed as well <clears throat> that there are um we have detached headphones you can tell but see there's no cord hanging down or any of that stuff uh we just looked there are six pairs of headphones in here and none of them have been put on the charge been charging yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do people do that? Do they just, I got to go home. I don't have time to charge your it, headphones.
3: You know who it probably was? Was the crew for, uh, uh, that came with Jay that didn't even know they had to put him on a charger.
1: There, now that one's charged. You have to make sure the red light's on. Oh,
3: okay, cool. Good to know.
1: Sometimes it doesn't come on. Well, now see, we got headphones that work, so that's good. Because I'm the only one that uses them in here anyway.
3: You and Alex. For this
1: show. Yeah, Alex does for the second show. Oh, Alex wait, and I use. Oh that. no, did she use
3: this one?
1: Yeah, she doesn't even use those. All right, we're fine. Good. I'm glad to hear that.
3: Because this week, like you mentioned, is pretty cool. You guys are kicking off the family show at ten fifteen. Ten
1: fifteen is going to be from ten fifteen to eleven fifteen, and to make up for the missing hour there, we're going to uh, do a show on Friday too. Because as long as it's uh, as long as it's over by eleven fifteen on a Friday, even I got no problem with that.
3: That's awesome. I would
1: not want to work till like two in the afternoon on a Friday, though. No, <clears throat> you know.
3: I don't think many people. Every time we talk about this, we get a bunch of emails. A lot of companies will do summer Fridays. Um, oh yeah, that's what I hear. Summer hours on Friday, that's so what, it's so like. you get off at noon. Because mentally, if you're in a like a, a like a a desk job, you're mentally done at like noon on Fridays, anyway. So they might as well get credit for it.
1: <clears throat> I would have. I got to check this out. I, is the, if this is true, I got to find out where the hell this happened. DNR kills bear roaming around in North Minneapolis. I
3: thought I like, died. What? I saw this. So I you found this. You saw the this, bear? Well, I, no. I saw this story. I found it on a national news site. Really? And I was like shocked. I didn't hear anything about this locally.
1: No, I don't know where this was. I'm going to scroll down and find out where it was. But. That bear was in danger. I can promise you that. <laughs> I tell a bear, you don't want to be wandering around north Minneapolis in people's backyards. You're going to get shot, you dumb bastard. All right, here we go. We're going to find out where it is. Uh, the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources fatally shot. Oh, well, they did kill the bear. I knew were, he was going to get shot. A fatally shot of black bear police had been tracking as it moved through a residential area in North Minneapolis on Sunday morning. Around 10 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, Minneapolis police spokesman said officers were monitoring the bear, which had been wandering around North Minneapolis and were working with the Department of Natural Resources. Now, a question I have for maybe you guys would know this how would a bear get there? Is they got down, down railroad tracks or something? Is that how they do it?
3: I don't know. So, like, you lived right on the cusp of North Minneapolis and Golden Valley there. Uh, it, right, oh, my like, last
1: house, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, when <laughs> yep. you lived in
3: Golden Valley. And did you guys ever get bears in like Theo no. Park? No, I didn't because th- I ran no. Theo Park constantly and I never saw a bear.
1: I saw dead hookers in the in the Bassett Creek. I did see Which, that.
3: You know, they're <laughs> same same Not thing.
1: Not the greatest, <laughs> but, you know.
3: <laughs> Those are equal interchangeable. Bear or dead hooker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Photos taken by Minneapolis resident Philip Murphy and posted to Facebook show the animal moving through. Cottage Park. Where's Cottage Park? Is that the one right off? It's between Plymouth and Golden Valley Road. And what would the cross street be like? Xerxes? Not Xerxes, no maybe. I no idea. Maybe it is Xerxes. Uh, the photo taken by Minneapolis President Phil Murphy posted Cottage Park. Uh, another image showed an officer using a drone to monitor it. Images posted to Twitter appeared to show the animal scaling a fence and sitting on somebody's front porch. <laughs> like you walk out your front door and there's a bear sitting on your porch.
3: Okay, I found Cottage Park. It's over off West Broadway, and it's near, gosh, North Commons Park, just north of it.
1: Oh, so it's there.
3: Yeah. there's It's like right little by north,
1: where North High School used to be.
3: Yes, yep, North Community. It's about two blocks away from oh North. Oh, my God, there's right just in the heart. S- there's like a sliver of a park there that they call Cottage oh, Park.
4: Oh, yeah, I see it now. Yeah, okay.
1: I have a question. Huh. How the hell did a bear get that far into a neighborhood? I don't know. Um, I assume it was right on the edge of, like, the Theater Worth Park and all that stuff. Uh, he had to come up through the park, I'm assuming, right?
3: Maybe he had, a like, a bus pass.
1: He had a bus pass, got on the bus. God, there's a guy taking a left at a light, and the bear's walking right at him.
3: That would terrify me. <laughs> and bears are one of those things, and eagles are like this, too. You don't realize how big they are until you see them in person. Oh, God, I bet. we had a big eagle land in our backyard and was, like, eating a rabbit. And I went to let my dogs out. And I'm telling you, when you realize that wingspan is taller than you, you're just, like, you're frozen. Oh, God, yeah. Like, and bears are the same way. When you see them in person, you're like, holy cripes.
1: God, when Catherine and I got married, we went up to Banff, Canada for our, our honeymoon. And I've always wanted to play Banff golf course. I guess it's magnificent. Never got a chance to play it. Because we flew in from our honeymoon. We're up at Banff. I'm going to go play a round of golf. Yeah. Guy says, I'm sorry, the golf course is closed. And I said, closed? It's a beautiful day. Yeah. He goes, I'm sorry, the the golf course is closed. And I'll tell you why, but you can't tell anybody else. I said, okay. He said, a young man from Asia was walking through the golf course before it opened this morning, and a bear took his head off. (gasps)
3: Like,
1: it hit him so hard, it literally... Tore his neck open.
3: So you're like, well, can I play the back nine? Yeah, how about the
1: back nine? I'll just (laughs) skip that hole. That'd be fine.
3: That's terrible. That's oh, that's.
1: Well, you don't want to walk up on a bear with a camera. Probably not a good idea.
3: The thing is, okay, so my dad, he lives in Montana, and we go there once a year. And you know, we were by no means, me and my brother and sister had any. So. They, there's, like, these two arguments of if they have, they sell those sticks that have the bells on them for oh, yeah, people sure, yeah. to, like, alert bears. <clears throat> but if it's a grizzly, they're so unpredictable, you don't know if that's actually then yeah. giving them a heads up. Like, yep. here's the prey. They call them, like, dinner bells. Or if it's – so it's one of those things, like, black bear and brown bears have more predictable – predictability and don't want to attack you but grizzly bears they've like yet to figure out what you should do should you stand up act dead run away not they don't actually know yeah they give advice but they're like we don't it's like a fitty yeah. fitty chance that this the grizzly's just going to be like nah murder
1: mm-hmm. we've only got a couple minutes ago you want me to go with the top five phrased young people use or rule of thumb cut the mustard
3: okay so we either go with the young person phrases are like our old tried and true what would you rather do
1: Where's old tried and true? That's Where's the one, there?
3: that the cut the mustard one. Oh, that's like, the cut yeah. the...
1: Yeah. Rudy, you have a preference?
3: Yeah, uh,
1: f- Phrases. Okay. Sure. Top five phrases young people... Yeah, yeah that'll time out really well anyway. Uh, top five phrases young people use that the rest of us don't get. Sure, Gen Z doesn't understand a lot of phrases we use, but trust us, it goes both ways. See what we mean with today's list of the top five phrases young people use the rest of us just don't get. Uh, FAM is short for family. Well, you knew that. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. The FAM. I've heard the FAM before. Dank, which means something is excellent or very high quality. I don't know dank. Did you know dank? I
3: knew dank. Mm-hmm. Oh, did
1: you? Okay. How about salty?
3: Mad. Angry, yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it says jealous here.
3: Yeah, like jelly. You're salty, yeah.
1: So you're salty because mm. you're jealous. You're yeah. not just pissed off. Yeah. Because I always heard salty as being pissed off.
3: Yeah. Salty is like, I would say, yeah, I would fall into like jelly, want what they want. You're just salty. Like that, you're saying that only because you're salty.
1: Big yikes, it's what you say after you do something really embarrassing. Yeah, that's that. just saying big yikes is embarrassing, so that's good. Mortifying. Uh, boogie, which means extravagantly fancy. Oh, like bougie. Bougie. That's, bougie. It's bougie. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought that it was bougie. That's
3: okay. Boogie. I was like, all right.
1: Yeah, it means extravagantly fancy, which is why nobody who listens to this show will ever oh, that's nice. Ouch. Okay. Yeah, let's not write jokes at the end of stuff. We'll, we'll handle it, all right? You don't need to write jokes in there, wise brother. Uh, living rent-free, it describes something you obsess over. Coincidentally, it also describes whatever. Uh, no, 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 more jokes. Sorry. Uh,
3: well, we know what living rent-free is.
1: Yeah, living rent-free. Uh, ghosting, it means to stop communicating. We knew that one. Mm-hmm. And finally, simp, uh, it's someone who pays way too much attention to another person. Well, yeah. I don't understand. What, what do you mean?
3: Like if you simp over somebody, it's like stand for them. It's being an extreme fan. If you simp, you're like it's like have it's like I love I simp so hardcore over like an OnlyFans person. I give them a lot of money. i mean, I, I simp yeah. over them. Yeah.
1: Just once again, though, we'll close with this because it's a good place to close. Because they tried to be funny. Mm-hmm. Simp. It's someone who pays way too much attention to another person. It's a good way to describe your liberal friend to your lip. Describe your liberal friend. This is written very poorly. It's a good way to describe your liberal friend about Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, what does that even mean? Like I, they're,
3: they're obsessed with him.
1: But I don't understand to your liberal friend about your liberal friend. What are you doing here? I think they're it's saying that like clear.
3: most, at the, especially during the, his presidency, they seemed like they were obsessed with him. Everything he did.
1: Well, they kind of still are, aren't they? Yeah. About both Biden and Trump, they're just obsessed with that stuff.
3: If that's what you're, if 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 you're extreme either side, of course you're going to be obsessed.
1: I have a question. Do you think, you guys, the two of you, do you think either one of them will end up being president again?
3: I just, I don't care. No, I I know
1: you, well, you shouldn't care. It's
3: hard to imagine Trump, but at the same time, I had a hard time imagining him being president the first time.
1: (laughs) Well, either one of them.
3: Yes, no, and so I don't, I don't, and if, like, honestly, I know this is bad, but, like, if Biden wants to be, okay, I don't, I don't even care. I don't care who... Just don't talk to me. Please don't be in the headlines constantly. Let me forget your president. That'd be good.
1: See, I I agree with you 100%. Back off, both of you. Back off, for Christ's sake. All right, you yucks. That's enough working with you pills. yes. Time off. I'm fed up. (laughs) We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks.